for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory be to thee, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our ears and hear through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, we are on our final sermon in our fall sermon series on God's way, and we're going to talk about God's gifts, and it's especially uh, great timing given the fact that this Thursday we are celebrating Thanksgiving and we're thinking about and hopefully being grateful for all the gifts that God has given to us, because if you really think about it, We've been blessed in so many ways. All of us have. And if you think about what's coming after Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas and we've got New Year's. But think back in our country's history as to why we celebrate Thanksgiving in the first place. The pilgrims. The pilgrims who were able to survive harsh winters without much provision. That they were aided by the Indians who taught them how to live and how to survive in this country. How to live off the land. And how they were thankful for the great provision that they were given. And then we think about Christmas on the heels of Thanksgiving. And the incredible gift of Jesus Christ that we can have eternal life because of him, because of his sacrifice on the cross because of the great love that God has for us. And then we think about a week later, a new year, where hopefully we'll have a year without a hurricane. And all that a new year can hold for us in terms of promise and hope. And that's what we often live for, is the promise and the hope that God has given to us. But we have so many gifts in this life. We're not like the first pilgrims who are just struggling for survival. Even if we have the hardship and challenge of dealing with some of the fallout of the hurricane, and some do. Some are struggling right now. Some have hardship in comparison to what was past. And we have each other. 
hopefully, that can help amidst the challenges that we face, given something like a hurricane or any other challenge that we might face in this life. We have a church family. We have incredible blessings in our country today. We have a community around us. We have God's provision. We have people that love us and support us. All we need to do is ask. All we need to do is reach out. God has blessed us in so many ways. Even when we have challenges. Scripture talks about how suffering produces endurance and endurance produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because we have this character of Christ built up in us when we learn to rely on the Lord. And the Holy Spirit working in us and through us to build up that character because of the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. We're told in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That we can have hope, we can have peace in all circumstances because of Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit working in us to comfort us and strengthen us. And once again, because we have the community of believers around us to encourage us and support us and help us. We are not without hope. We're not without resources. And yet, think about it. All around us, we have people, some of which are the type of people that the cup is half full. And then we've got other people that the cup is half, half empty, right? We all know people on both sides of that. My guess is you know people who have, you would describe them as people who have everything, Right? And they're so negative. And they complain all the time. And they're so critical. Do you know people like that? I do. And I also know people who have next to nothing. And are so filled with joy. And are so content. Why is that? Why is that? I think it's because sometimes we look around and we compare and we're never happy. Either because we're filled with pride and we're boastful or sometimes because we're envious and jealous of what others have that we don't. We can always find reasons To be discontented. And we can always find reasons to be grateful. But I think there's one essential. That unless we have, we will never learn to be contented in the big picture. And that's Jesus Christ. Because unless you have Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you will never have eternal security. You will never have confidence of eternal life. Eternal life that begins in this world. That we can say, I know who has 
my back. I know who has my tomorrow. I know who has my eternity. And I can rest secure because he's got me. Because he loves me. Because I know how this life is going to end. If we don't have Jesus Christ, we will never be contented. We will never have that joy in the face of all circumstances. We don't have access to the Holy Spirit that fills us completely when we feel depleted and empty that we desperately need. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Because circumstances go up and down. We have incredible joys and incredible sorrows all in one week. I mean, Tom Connor came up to me right before the service. He says, boy, have you had a week? Which I did. Which you're going to hear about both. Life is full of ups and downs. We all have the joys and we all have the struggles. But think about the gifts that we have through Jesus Christ. We have the gift of salvation and eternal life. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have gift of the community around us. The people of God that have the various gifts of the Spirit, as we heard in Ephesians 4, that complete us, that strengthen us, that support us, that encourage us. We have the gift of family and friends. We have the gift of material blessings. And even then, sometimes there's one thing that sets us off, isn't there? One thing. I personally don't often get into a funk. I'm usually a pretty upbeat, joy-filled. I have fun in life. I really do. I love the tease. I love the joke. I love pranks. I really do. This summer, on July 4th, I got into a funk. Meredith could tell you. And I got into a funk that lasted a couple of days. On July 4th, I had a great morning. I took my boys to play golf. They went out with their friends in the afternoon. We were going to have a cookout in the evening. I was having a great day. And I thought, and this is me, I love to blow off and make everything neat. Let's talk to Mike Hellman. He'll tell you. And so I was blowing everything off. I came back into the garage. I was feeling really good. I was going to get the grill outside. I was going to get ready for later. And I walked into the garage, and the shelf that had been about, it was about seven foot tall, above in the garage, had fallen. It had been there since before we moved in. So it had been there over 24 years, had fallen. A dozen cans of paint fell on the garage floor. And I had to clean up. At least two or three of the cans exploded on the floor. So I'm cleaning up paint, and I'm thinking, this is not fun. I was expecting to just relax, you know, no relaxation. So I'm cleaning up the paint, and I figure, okay, I can do this. So an hour later, I'm putting the shelf back up. I got new screws in there. I'm thinking, okay, this is working. This is good. Shelf felt okay. I put the cans back up there. I got down to lift up the last can. 
and the shelf cut loose on my back. And I stood there, first in awe. I couldn't believe it. You know how you stand there and you say, that didn't just happen. One of the cans bounced off me and hit my car. I know. I couldn't believe Two more cans exploded on the floor. I was so angry. I walked upstairs and Meredith was so sympathetic. I'm so sorry, honey. You know, that was sweet, but I was so mad. That just doesn't work when I'm that mad. And I don't get that mad that often. Another hour later, and I couldn't figure out why the new screws didn't work. Found out later this guy fixed it for me. I stopped. You know, I cleaned up. Now we're two, two and a half hours into this thing. After I had blown everything off, by the way. So we're three hours into this thing. That the screw just caught the edge of the stud. And that's why for years it lasted, but it, then it had worn out. And when I put a new screw in there, it didn't help. Just held temporarily. Anyway, the long and the short of it is that I decided I wasn't going to fix it that day. But for some reason, it just sent me into a bit of a tailspin that day. I mean, I enjoyed the boys, and we had the cookout, and it was fun the rest of the evening. But the next day, I don't know what it was. I was in a funk. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, Martha had died, and... and Nathan had recently left. These are church staff members, for those of you that aren't familiar. And Steve and Kathy were gone. I was by myself at the church. Oh, I know. Poor me. (laughs) But that's kind of how I felt. You know? And that's not like me. And so, Meredith's encouragement and just spending time in prayer... And getting back involved in ministry again got my eyes off of me. See, I think sometimes part of the problem is our eyes are too often on ourselves. And that's what I learned. When I was sitting there pitying me, That wasn't good for me. Because I'm not usually that way. I'm usually out there. That's my nature. And I think that's how the Lord made us. It's not that we don't need to be prayerful, to be filled with His Spirit. It's not that we don't need other people to encourage us and support us. But we need to give ourselves away and get our eyes off of ourselves. We live in a country that is so me-centered. I think that's why people are miserable. I think that's why depression is on the rise. I think that's why people feel so entitled. I think that's why our country is so critical.
And I think that's why, by design, the church is meant to be a body of mutual edification. That's what Ephesians 4 says. And Matthew 7 talks about ask and seek and knock, that we're to be seeking the Lord. That when we're seeking Him and we're out acting as a body, that we're not so self-consumed. And we're able to be grateful. We're able to see the gifts. That we're blessed to be a blessing. That's why we're blessed. And I think that's what God has by by design in His church to be a body, to be connected to other people, to see that we're not meant to be in isolation. The first gift that He's given to us, for starters, is life. You're not here because you intended to be, because you did anything. God made you, and He made you on purpose. You are unique. You're unique in appearance. You don't look like anybody else in this room. And some of you are probably saying, thank God. But you don't. You don't look like anybody else in here. Your talents, your person. Your gifts, your abilities, the opportunities you have in life, the opportunities you will have in life. The family that you came from. Everything about who you are is unique. By design. God made you. Your life is a gift. And if you want to know how much life is a gift, think about a basic instinct that we talk about in biology and, frankly, in psychology too. Fight or flight. Everybody has that mechanism built into them. Fight or flight. I remember reading an article 25, 30 years ago at least. It was in Time or Newsweek magazine. C. Everett Koop. Remember him? He was Surgeon General. Do you know what he did before he became Surgeon General? He was a pediatric surgeon. He used to do operation surgeries on children. And I remember reading the article that he did dozens of surgeries, sometimes on one child. Dozens on one child. And he was quoted in the article as saying, I never met a child who did not want to live. Isn't that a great quote? I never met a child who did not want to live. Because that's built into us. God made us in such a way that we want to live. What happens over time is that people get worn down, beat up, they end up despairing, they end up depressed, and sometimes they don't want to live. 
But that's because their eyes are either fixed on the world, the promises of the world, the things of the world, or they're fixed on themselves, but they're not fixed on the Lord and the gifts that He's given to them. Because God has blessed us in so many ways. And it begins with the gift of life itself. Your life is unique. And God has given you unique gifts and abilities and talents. I've jokingly said to Meredith, and actually to our children too, I'm not normal. It's okay. Okay? I'm not normal. And you know what I'm convinced of? Is there's no such thing as normal that's normal for you, that's normal for me, that's normal for everybody. Everybody's normal is different. Do you realize that? I'll tell you where I learned that. My little sister said this before, who is mentally handicapped. Her normal is normal for her. She doesn't know anything else than who she is. And and her mental handicap, that's what's normal for her. My My son Daniel is very unique. I know every child's unique. Daniel's just different. He just graduated from special forces training this week. It was such a privilege to be there. We had such a great time with him for the couple of days we were there. He and his wife and in-laws, actually outlaws, Went out to dinner a couple of times. Daniel stood up at dinner the night of his graduation. We went out to dinner together. And he thanked all of us for the support that we gave, which was very touching. And he said, I just want you all to be realistic that the commanding officer told us every one of you will will be deployed in the next year. Just so you're realistic about what I'll be doing. You know, because I've had people say to me, gee, I hope he doesn't get deployed. He will be deployed. And I just pray about Daniel, you know, as I've always done. And it made me think back on when he was a baby, when he was an infant. You know, they have those stages that you look for when babies are babies. You know what I'm talking about? You read these books and they tell you they should be doing this at this stage and this at this stage. Do you remember that? Sometimes I think we read too much stuff. Because I remember, you know, Bethany was kind of more normal when she went through the stages. Daniel just wouldn't roll over from his back to his front. And I kept thinking he was going to die of SIDS. And I remember when he rolled over, I almost cried. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. He had such square shoulders, even back then. That he just couldn't roll over. And I was worried about him rolling over. And now he's going overseas in special forces. What was I thinking? (laughs) I mean, you look back on things. 
And I've told this story before, but on the way home from the hospital with each child, Meredith and I drove from the hospital to the church and laid each child on the altar and said, Lord, you've given this child to us. We give this child back to you. And I'm reminded by the Lord constantly that his life is a gift, but he doesn't belong to me. He belongs to the Lord. And when we understand that that's what life is, it's a gift from the Lord. That we begin to get our mind around what this life is meant to be about. And how we're supposed to live it. God gives us free will. That's a gift. We get to choose. God made us in his image. Which means we have choice. He didn't want puppets. We get to choose him or not. We get to choose that God would be our father. And that we would be disciples of Jesus Christ or not. That's our choice. But when we choose him, we've chosen, we say, to live as a disciple. To walk with him. As Ephesians 4 says, to live a life worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Do we? To live a life that's not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Do we? That our hearts and our minds are focused and fixed on Him. That we make wise choices with our lives. That that's how we use our free will. And the gift he's given to us is the gift of eternal life. Eternal life that begins in this life. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. Not because of works. It's his gift. And it's eternal life that begins now, here. That we're meant to live day by day. And it's whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's our choice. It's that free will that once we choose him, we have that eternal life. The problem is sin. He's dealt with the problem on the cross. That's why Jesus died on the cross. So once we choose him, we can overcome the temptation, the trials, the challenges of sin. We can begin to live for him and with him. We can overcome the funk that we have in our lives, the challenges, the despair, We can overcome the self-centeredness and live that eternal life. It's that life worthy of the calling. To be connected to a body. To seek to love him and to love others. To bear the fruit of the Spirit. To see life through the eyes of faith. And I don't know how you do that. Unless you're walking with him daily, spending time in his word and in prayer. I don't know how you do that if you're disconnected from his church. 
If you're not in worship regularly, if you're not connected to his body and serving. The church is not perfect. But it's his body. Yesterday I went to Ben Williams' funeral. It was a wonderful, glorious, really difficult service to be at. I loved Ben. It was over three hours long. Some of you would have had a real problem with that. But the preacher was a guy by the name of Kenneth Doe, who was a seminary classmate of Ben's, and they were like best friends. And Kenneth preached a sermon. I mean, he didn't just, uh, you know, do a nice little eulogy. He preached a sermon. It was challenging. It was wonderful. I took notes. But he said something really, really good. He said the church is not as bad as you think it is. And you're not as good as you think you are. That was a great line. That's why we need each other. If we're going to live this life, this eternal life, this life that God calls us to, this grateful life, You know, when I first came here in my mid-30s, I needed the Lord. I needed the Lord to help guide me and direct me and figure this thing out. This year I'm going to turn 60. I need the Lord now more than ever. As I get older, I don't quite have the energy I had 25 years ago. This world's gotten harder to navigate in that 25 years. I've discovered I've got clay feet now more than ever. There's constant challenges in life, and life is full of ups and downs. This week I had a great up going to my son's graduation. I I had a tremendous mixed blessing. And going to Ben's funeral. I love that guy. It was a privilege to be there. But boy was it hard. And I'm going to miss him. Life is full of ups and downs. How do you do that? I don't know how people do that without the Lord. I don't. I don't know how people do that without... The church. I don't. I don't know how people do that without daily time with the Lord to get filled with the Holy Spirit and each other. I've got tremendous gifts in my life. And I thank God for those gifts. I thank God that he's given me Meredith to walk day by day to help lift me up. I thank God for this church and for the people here. I thank God for my family. 
But you know what? I want to bring a lot more people along with me. And I want to continue to be blessed and to be a blessing. I've been blessed with many gifts. And I've got much to be grateful for. And this week is a great time to think about that at Thanksgiving. And I hope and pray that as we move towards Thanksgiving, that you think about the blessings in your life, the gifts. That you think about the calling that you've been called to. The life that you've been blessed with. What you're doing with your free will. If you have eternal life. And what you're doing with it. And if you can truly say you live a grateful life. And if not, maybe this week would be a great time to start. Because we've been blessed. And we need to be a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, as we go through the seasons of life, there are challenges and there are blessings. There are ups and downs. Lord, there are people right now here struggling because of family challenges, because of the hurricane. Lord, I pray that you would shower them with your spirit. They would help them. You would help them to know your grace, your provision, your strength. You would help them to reach out to your church. To find the love and the grace and your provision. Lord, I pray for those here that might not know you. Might not know the gift of your salvation and eternal life. That they would come to saving faith. That they would know your abundant and eternal life. And Lord, for all of us that call ourselves your church. That we would seek to truly be your disciples. That we would truly count our blessings. And learn what it means more and more to be a blessing. And to live grateful lives. Lord, help us especially this week to count our blessings. To live not consumed by self-centeredness. But consumed by your grace. By your love. By your Holy Spirit. That we might know our blessings that we might be a blessing because of the cross, because of your spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.